All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 14. I don't know why you wouldn't have your Bibles in this church, amen? Mark chapter 14. Going through the book of Mark, I've enjoyed it immensely, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, line upon line. Uh, Just let the Word preach, amen? I don't believe we ought to have to search for a sermon, because we got plenty of them right here in the Word of God, amen? So thank God for this morning. I preached on a place of prayer. There was a place called Gethsemane, and he frequented that place many times, and that's why Judas knew exactly where he was at. Folks, that was a place of prayer. It was a place of bearing your, the pressure of your sin and the cup of the, of the wrath of God was shown to him, and he prayed, not my will, but thine be done. You're never more like Jesus than when you're interceding for others, and you're praying for your will to be crucified, and God's will to be magnified through your life. Amen. Amen? The will of God is precious. I want to tell you something, friend. I'm glad I've been in the will of God for 41 and a half years here at this church. Amen. It was the will of God for Connie and I to come to this town and not know a soul, start knocking on doors, winning souls. And I tell you what, I wouldn't trade the will of God for anything. Amen? Amen. Amen. You can win the World Series, you can win a football game, all this junk going on, but it ain't nothing compared, pardon the uh, bad English. It's, 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 there's nothing compared to the will of God. Amen. The will of God. There's peace and there's power in the will of God as we preached on this morning. But I want you to notice in chapter 14, we're going to begin with verse 43 and read down to verse 52. Uh, 14. And you know, we only got 16 chapters, so we're about to finish the book of Mark, but don't get in a hurry because it might be a few months. I'm going to try to preach the rest of the year on the book of Mark. Amen. Uh, but I don't plan this thing. I just let God lead. Next Sunday night, Lord willing, we're going to have Dr. Dan Reed preach for us. Amen. He was facing amputation of his leg, and they stopped at the last minute and said, we can't do it because they've been giving him steroids uh, for his eyes. So they stopped the surgery right on the table, and I didn't think he'd be able to preach for us for many, many months. And he, called, he texted me and said, hey, if you still want me to preach, I'm available. I said, praise God. Amen. Very sick, very sick man, uh, but he don't want to quit preaching, and so he'll, he'll be coming up next Sunday night, Lord willing, 6 o'clock sharp, and if you can roll in here, you can walk in here, say amen. And I want to tell you something, this lady's uh, uh, Bible study, I mean the uh, special fellowship every other month, it's going to be special this week. Uh, Tracy and her family were going to their, her mother's funeral, and Brother uh, uh, Philip that's his name, was going to preach the message. And a lady uh, started talking to her GPS and hit them head on, sent them all in the hospital, all the kids. And uh, it was a miracle they lived. They had to amputate Miss Tracy's leg. And I'm going to tell you something, she's got a testimony. You know what that testimony is? We're still going to have Sand Mountain Bible Camp. We're going to still go for God. And folks, you ladies ought to get your friends to come and hear a testimony, especially those that's been through suffering. Those that think they've got their end of the world, and they're in the valley. They'll be encouraged by Miss Tracy's testimony and her Bible lesson to the ladies. So that's um, just a couple of Tuesday nights off, so please, please be here. All right, Matthew, Mark chapter 14. Let's stand on the Word of God, verses 41, uh, excuse me, uh, through, uh, I think we'll just go 43 through 52. The Bible says, And immediately while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, with him a great multitude with swords 
and stays from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. <clears throat> he that betrayed him had given him a token. <clears throat> and that token was saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, take him and lead him away <clears throat> safely. And he didn't know they were going to kill him. And as soon as he was come, <clears throat> he goeth straightway to him and said, Master, Master, and he kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. Aren't you glad the Lord allowed that for your salvation? And one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus answered and said to them, Are you come out against a thief with swords and stays to take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and you took me not, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. And notice verse 50, and they all forsook him and fled. And there followed him a certain young man, having a linen cloth cast about his naked body. And the young man laid hold on him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. That's a true account, I believe, of Mark, who had the shirt ripped off his back. Amen? And I'll tell you why in just a minute. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this great night that will go down in history as one of the greatest nights in the history of human mankind. And that's the night that you gave yourself to go to a cruel trial and a cruel cross to take our place at Calvary. And Lord, we thank you for three days later you arose from the dead and receded everything you did and all the blood that was shed. And God purchased our salvation and we are thankful for that we do praise you for that we adore you for that and we want to be faithful in light of all that you've done for us so Lord help us to stand for you when the going gets tough God help us to stand against uh, with you Lord when uh, it seems like we're outnumbered help us to stand with you God not in the flesh as Peter did willing the sword but God help us to stand in the spirit and Lord, as we kneel first in prayer, God help us to have a place of prayer. And we'll praise you and thank you for what you teach us and how you challenge us through your word tonight. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You know, on December 8, 1941, President of the United States, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, said the following words. Yesterday, December 7, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. This speech was made on the heels of a surprise attack by the Japanese force on the United States and this naval base in Hawaii that uh, Connie and I got to tour. And the attack by Japan and the speech by Roosevelt was a catalyst that forced America into World War II. That was a significant night. Uh, it was infamous date in human history. That means when you talk about infamous, that means it's a very bad reputation, a very bad day. There's several others in America. In 1929, uh, uh, October 29th, uh, the stock market crashed and led us into the Great Depression. Uh, another day that will go down in infamy, infamy and go down as a, a, a bad day in a lot of people's eyes, of course, was the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in Dallas, Texas, 1963, November 22nd. 
I was in the sixth grade. I had a paper out. Every paper I delivered, it said John F. Kennedy's been shot and killed, and I wept as I, as I delivered those papers. You know, I don't remember much about my childhood because it was so traumatic. I tried to blank it out. But I'll tell you what, I remember that day that I was delivering those papers. My mama made me work, praise God. Amen. Some of y'all ought to try it. It's good for you. Amen. Labor Day. I, I looked up Labor Day. I still don't understand why we have Labor Day, but praise God. Thank God for the travail in the, in the Gethsemane to make us more like Jesus. That's all I can say. April 4th, excuse me, January 22nd was a sad day. The day the United States Supreme Court handed down a decision of Roe versus Wade. And this decision effectively legalized abortion resulting in the death of millions and millions of unborn human babies. More lives have been killed in the womb than in all the wars put together. Amen. We get all upset about these shootings, and we ought to. But I'll tell you, we ought, to get, we ought to get upset about the innocent blood that's shed in the United States of America. Appreciate this family back here. They're active uh, in fighting uh, for that cause. I want to tell you something, friend. If you vote for anyone that believes in abortion, you're not right with God. Say amen right there. I'm not trying to impress nobody. I'm just saying, friend, we don't vote by party. We vote by principle. And the principle is the word of God. Say amen. But that was a day that went down in infancy. Um, September 11, 2001, y'all remember that day? I was going down to Valdosta to preach for Tony Howarth at Bemis Road Baptist Church, and a sign came up on the expressway, all the airports closed because of a national emergency. I looked at my wife and I said, well, I thought we'd say the rapture took place and we missed it. No, I didn't say that. Uh, but uh, uh, that was the day that um, radical Islamic terrorists declared war on the United States of America by flying occupied passenger jets into public American landmarks and thousands and thousands were killed. Folks, I want to tell you, you know that the, there was an infamous day, a day that will go down to infamy, in that the day that Jesus Christ faced those soldiers and gave himself to them. He could have called one angel and wiped out that puny crowd of 600 men, a band of 600 plus men that Judas brought with him with staves and clubs and swords. And he stood there and he said, you want me? You can have me. Because I'm going to Calvary for John Carver and Chris Petty for Mark Cozell for Bonnie Hammonds. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to I'm going to the cross for Connie Cofield, for Wayne Cofield. And folks, what a great day that was. What a great night that was. And I want to, show, I want to go over this night just real quickly and show you this, a night of conspiracy. We have a conspiracy going around on today against the things of Christ, against the men of God and who stands for conservative values and biblical values. It was a night of courage. But it was also a night of compromise, but it was a night of compassion. So I want to give you those four points real quick, and we'll be out of here. You can go home and cook hot dogs out and make homemade ice cream for Labor Day. Amen. That's, that's wonderful. We have a day that we can celebrate the achievements in this country of hard labor.
First of all, I want you to see it was a night of conspiracy. Look at verse 41. It says, um, and, and cometh the third time, saith unto sleep on now, take your rest, it's enough, the hour has come. And folks, listen, he didn't catch God off guard, but he prayed for, his, for uh, God's will to be done, and for his will to be melted into God's will. And behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Folks, it was cause of sin that he gave up his life for you. It's cause of sin that uh, he gave into the conspiracy of Judas. Look at verse uh, uh, 42. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he hath betrayed many. Uh, he hath betrayed me at, is at hand. He that betrayeth me is at hand. Now, I want you to see the, the verse 43. It says, And immediately while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and stays from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given him a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is... He take him, lead him away safely. And as soon as he had come, he goes straightway to him and said, Master, Master. And he kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. There's a conspiracy. The leader's Judas. And folks, I want to tell you something. Judas had followed Jesus for money. Jude chapter 12, oh, excuse me, John chapter 12, verse 6, said Judas uh, probably believed that. Uh, he was going to get rich being in that crowd. He thought that the Lord was going to overcome the Roman government and establish a new kingdom and he would be rich. Folks, money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of it. And I'll tell you something, Judas was ate up with it. He stole from the treasury. He criticized the woman that gave all that she had and sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Now let, me ask your, let, let me ask you a question. What's your price? Folks, what will you sell out for? I believe we ought to have on our heart, not for sale. Amen? I believe we ought to have on our children's heart, not for sale. And folks, we ought to not give them to the auction of this world and bid them off into some uh, society that wants to use them for their glory instead of God's glory. We're not our own. We're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are the Lord's. Amen? We're not for sale. And folks, uh, for 30 pieces of silver, Judas made the worst mistake he ever made. He sold out for this world, for money, for the... Uh, Judas conspired with the, with the enemy. He brought a band of men, some 600 men. They were armed uh, with swords and stays and the Roman soldiers were part of this um, conspiracy. The Roman government was part of the conspiracy, John 18, 3 and 12. The Jewish Sanhedrin was part of the conspiracy. And then here was the plan. I'm going to go kiss him. And I'm going to show this sign of respect and affection. And this kind of kiss was a special form of homage and honor. Folks, I want to tell you something. The Bible says that this kiss was a series of kisses, and, and, uh, and when Judas did this, the guards came, and Jesus offered no resistance. The Bible says that several years before that fact, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7, it says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted. He opened not his mouth. He brought a lamb as to slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Folks, there's a danger of hypocrisy. You need to have your heart right with God. 
You need to believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead. You can be religious and lost. Judas had every opportunity in the world to be saved. He, was, he saw the miracles. He saw the compassion. He saw God in the flesh. But he did nothing about it because he loved himself and this world and money. The Bible says in John 8, 24, I said therefore unto you that, that ye shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, Amen. ye shall die in your sins. When they came to arrest him, he said, I am. <clears throat> they fell flat on their back. I, li I like that picture. Helpless world trying to battle the Lord. The flesh is no, there's no conspiracy that can overcome God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And Folks, I want to tell you something. The greatest question you'll ever answer is, what, what will you do with Jesus? Have you been saved? If you died today, you know you go to heaven. And if you, have, if you have been saved, you ought to stand for him. Amen. You ought to be faithful to him. You ought to, you ought to stand in the gap, not deny him and surely don't betray him. Then I see it was a night not only of conspiracy, but it was a night of courage. Look at verse 48. The Bible says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Are you come out against a thief? with the swords and with stays to take me. I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and you took me not, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Folks, I want to tell you something. He goes out and meets these soldiers. He's been in the place of prayer. That gives you courage. Folks, I want to tell you something. Uh, they, Acts 4.13 comes before Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But Acts 4.13 says... They, were, they, they knew they were ignorant and unlearned men. That don't, don't mean education. That means in the law, in the word of God. But they took note of them. They took knowledge of them because they had been with Jesus. Folks, the key for our courage is our private communion. Say amen. We must have a place of prayer. We must have a place that we get together like we just did a full prayer room. And I thank God for that on Labor Day weekend. Half our crowd's gone picnicking or something. Amen? <clears throat> I hope they're not just watching on the internet. Matter of fact, I'm thinking about cutting out that internet and just have a password for all our senior citizens. I don't want anybody to have an excuse not to come to the house of God. Amen? Amen. That's right. Amen. I, I want to tell you something, friend. I know it's easier for you to sit home in your pajamas, but there, there's somebody needs you here. Yeah. We, need to, we need to fellowship together. Say amen. Yeah. A lot of people say, I never miss you. I'm always listening to you on the internet. That's good, and if you're, if you're disabled and handicapped, that's great. If you're in another country like my daughter, that's wonderful. But I want to tell you something. You ought to be here to encourage others and exhort others. Say amen. amen. Praise God. I'm not preaching against the media minister. I just had them, they just walked out the door. Praise God. There, there they go. They love it. He confronts them about their mission. I want you to turn to John chapter 18, verse 4, please. John 18, 4. This is a wonderful passage, parallel passage. Don't you love the harmony of the gospel? Say amen. amen. And I'm going to show you something that none of the other gospel writers wrote, and I believe that's why I believe it was Mark that got his clothes ripped off. That's an interesting couple of verses we'll close with. But John 18.4 says this. Uh, I believe we ought to back up to verse 3. Judas then, John 18.3. Judas then, having received a band of men, 
and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, there's the, there's the conspiracy, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Is it night? That's when the devil likes to do his work in the dark. And therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? And I love verse 5. It says, They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. Look at verse 6. As soon as then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backwards, fell to the ground. They fell on their backside, say amen. And listen to this. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus Nazareth. And Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way. And that the saying might be fulfilled, which he spake of them, which thou gavest me, have I lost none. <laughs> amen. He's concerned about his disciples. He stood in courage. Most courageous man that ever walked this earth was the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Folks, he confronts those soldiers. He doesn't have a sword. He don't have a shield. He just has the power of God. He is God, praise God, always will be God. Jesus was not shrinking violent. He, was filled, he wasn't filled with fear. He was, uh, the perf he was in the perfect will of God, and that energized him to be faithful. He knew that everything he was about to face. It'd be predetermined for him. <clears throat> he knew what lies ahead. He understood that the men would forsake him. He knew that the nation of Israel would reject him. He knew that violence that he would have to suffer at Calvary and in that unfair trial and be beat to a pulp, Isaiah 52 said he was beat beyond recognition. He knew that he'd be beat and mocked, spit upon, cat of nine tails ripping his flesh open. He knew it. He knew that he'd be crucified, yet he faced them with courage. He said, I am he. Why? Because he was committed to God's will. We ought to be committed to God's will. But also, he just loves you. He stood for you so one day you could stand in heaven. He had absolute courage, absolute strength, so we could be saved. Now, folks, listen. Your favorite team will let you down. I ain't going to say who's. All you orange fans, I ain't going to say. He's not, he's not going to, you know, you're going to have people let you down. So, I mean, this preacher will let you down. I'll forget your birthday. I'll misspell your name in the bulletin. I won't be there sometime when you probably need me. But I'll tell you what, Jesus will never let you down. He stood for you when nobody else would stand for you. And folks, I believe that he had absolute courage, absolute strength, and I'll tell you what he ought to have from your life, absolute loyalty. Amen. amen. I believe he ought to be able to count on you, say amen. Not come to church when you feel like it. Not come to church when you ain't got nothing to do. But I mean, be in your place, be a testimony, be on the front lines of visitation, soul winning, and I mean serve God with gladness because the first thing that you ought to have on your mind is he first served you when you was lost and dead in your sins and trespasses. It was a night of conspiracy. It was a night of courage, but also it was a night of compromise. 
And look at verse 50. And they all forsook him and fled. We, get, we pick on old Peter, don't we? But I want to tell you something, folks. Peter had probably more courage than all of them. He just didn't know how to control it. He tried to cut the guy's ear off in the flesh. And thank God, thank God the Lord healed that ear or there wouldn't be no disciples. Say amen. You don't think 600 men would have got a little upset if Jesus hadn't healed that man's ear? I'll talk about that in just a minute. But I look at, I look at this. Every single disciple ran away in fear. In verse 51, very unusual verses. But we're not going to skip them because I'm going to every verse in the book of Mark. Amen? Amen. And it says, and they followed him a certain young man. I absolutely believe that was Mark. I really do. Because it's not mentioned by any other gospel writer. And a lot of times, like John, he'd refer to himself as beloved. So I think he was referring to himself. Now look at this. Having a linen cloth cast about his naked body. He was in his pajamas. <laughs> you ever been caught in your pajamas? One time I went to the door, one of y'all knocked on the door and I was in my pajamas. I was very, I was very embarrassed. Had University of Georgia on it. I was very, no, I wasn't. It says, and they followed him a certain young man having a linen cloth cast about his naked body. And the young man laid hold on him. And he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. Folks, that's very unusual. Here's an unnamed young man whom I believe was Mark runs away leaving his garments in the hand of the soldiers. Now maybe they were on the way to the batorium. They were on the way to the judgment hall. They were on the way to the unfair trial. See, not everything's fair, but everything's right when God's involved in it. Say amen. And uh, he, he jumped out of bed and ran down there with his... With his uh, linen cloth on, his pajamas, his tunic. And folks, somebody grabbed a hold of him and he lost a shirt off his back. <laughs> Almost titled this message, How to Lose a Shirt Off Your Back. Just get too close to the world. And folks, what we need is somebody to rise up out of bed, awake with the armor of light, and put on the whole armor of God, amen? This casual Christianity kills me. Folks, we think we can just hobnob around the world and, and uh, straddle the fence and we can represent God. Folks, I want to tell you something. There's a beauty of holiness. And I, and I know we could run thousands of more people probably if I just slack up and compromise. But folks, there's no place to compromise. <clears throat> Mark compromised in that he wasn't ready to stand with God but I'll tell you what these, these two verses tell me. He was an eyewitness. Amen. He saw it all. And he wrote it all. And folks, I believe this started a trend in his life where he went away and, and, he, and, he, and he didn't follow faithfully. And he didn't get right. But finally, thank God, he got right. I mean, Paul and Barnabas got so upset about taking him on a mission trip uh, that they, they split ways. And John Mark had forsaken Jesus for the things of the world. But thank God, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, hey, bring John Mark here. He's profitable for the ministry. I thank God the Lord can restore us, amen? He restored him so much, he wrote the book of Mark, say amen. God can still use you when you fall flat on your face and show up in your pajamas. Come on, I think we ought to show respect in the house of God by wearing your best. That's right. I believe this, ain't, this is not a community center 
meeting. This is not some sports activity. This is the house of God. Amen. I believe I'll respect the, respect the Lord. That's right. Amen. Now, you don't have, all have to wear a tie. Some of y'all die if you put a tie on. But you ought to wear your best shirt. Or let me just put it this way. You ought to wear a shirt. Amen. Show up in your Pamuda shorts. I'm going to tell you something, friend. There's a bathroom in there. You come straight from work. Go to the bathroom and change. Don't, sh- don't come strutting in here with your Pamuda shorts on. That's showing lack of respect for the house of God. Say amen. amen. Just thought I'd say that. You say, well, I don't wear that. Well, don't even listen to that part of the message. But somebody needs it. Amen. amen. Casual Christianity. Contemporary music. Folks, I appreciate God honoring music. Say amen right there, Derek, if you've never said amen in your life. Amen. Faith, you ought to shout it out on that one. Christ honoring music. I like it. I don't think we ought to just go, go with the world's method. Amen. And I'm not saying showing all that from, from old Mark getting his clothes ripped off, but I'm just saying, friend, show up with the armor of God on. Show up ready for the battle. Hey, friend, don't show off. Show up. And praise God, humble yourself before God and submit to God and let God use you in a special way and folks, stand for God and be different. Be different. I didn't say cantankers. I didn't say hard to get along with. We independent Baptists have that reputation. We're against everything and against everybody. Somebody asked John R. Rice, are you against? He said, yes. (laughs) But you know, I'm not saying we have to be, we need to be for God. We need to stand for God. We need to love God so much we don't love the world. Say amen. Right. He showed up in his pajamas, got him ripped off, and he ran home naked. Now, probably he had his shorts on, so I hope. But I want to tell you something. That, that, those two verses are in the scripture for a reason. Say amen. I enjoyed preaching on those two verses just then. Amen. I probably didn't preach on them right, but praise God, I tried. I believe it was Mark. And I believe he was just casual about getting involved standing with Jesus. And he got too close to the world. And the world ripped his clothes right off his back. See, the, the Lord is trying to tell us that we're no match for the world. We need his spirit. We need a place of prayer. We can't battle in the flesh. But we sure can stand with God. We sure can stand in the might and His power and put on the whole armor of God. Be shod with the preparation of the peace of the gospel. Amen, that's stability. Put on the helmet of salvation. Know that you're saved. Praise God, put on the breastplate of righteousness. I mean, not not only have imputed righteousness, but imparted righteousness. I mean, be right with God. Have the sword of the Spirit. Isn't that a beautiful, uh, which is the Word of God. Isn't that a beautiful title for the Word of God? It's the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God creates a sword of the Spirit. The Word of God and the Spirit work together. It's a divine couple. Praise God. I'm going to tell you something. If it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual. You care about your extraterrestrial experiences? Extra biblical experiences? Folks, stay with the Bible. The sword of the... Uh, sword of the, uh, the Spirit is the Word of God. Yes. Helmet of salvation. Breastplate of righteousness. And thank God, gird it up with the truth. There is a battle going on. Mark's sleepy. Mark's 
wandering around. He walks out and says, what's happening? What kind of parade's coming down my road today? Folks, there is a battle. There is a warfare. And folks, we need to realize there is Judas's and there is a conspiracy. And I'm not the type of Baptist that thinks there's a demon behind every bush. But folks, I want to tell you something. There is demons. There is a warfare. There is a world, an anti-Christ world, an anti-God spirit in this, in this world today that we need to stand for God in the armor of light and truth. The night of compromise, they forsook. It means they abandoned. They compromised. But don't you be so hard on these disciples. And don't you be so hard on Mark that went to sleep after all this and got up in his pajamas if that's who that was. Because, you know, friend, you don't know what you'd do if you was confronted. Say amen. You say, I know what I'd do. Yeah, that's the, probably the person who'd run first. On April 20th, 1999, Eric Harris and Dylan Cabold went into a shooting rampage at Columbine High School near Littleton, Colorado. They murdered 12 students, a teacher that day, and wounded 23 other people. Among their victims was a student named Cassie Bernard. And Eric Harris found Cassie hiding under a computer table. He knelt down beside her and asked her, Do you believe in God? When she said yes, that demon possessed Harris, Eric Harris shot her into eternity. Now let me ask you a question. What would you have done? In the days of the old Soviet Union, soldiers entered a meeting place where Christians were meeting in secret and worshiping the Lord, and the soldiers entered and yelled, If you are an unbeliever, leave now. But if you're a believer, line up against that wall. Most of the crowd left. And a few faithful believers got up, stood next to the wall, and they were shot to death. Refusing to dishonor the Lord who had saved them. Let me ask you a question. What would you do if that happened today? Folks, we hope we'd stand. We hope we'd stand faithful. But it was a place of conspiracy. It was a place of courage by our Lord Jesus Christ. But it was a place of compromise by his own disciples and Judas. But let me close by saying this. It was a night of compassion. You know, compassion makes the difference. And as I said this morning, compassion will cost you. It's not cheap. It, there's pressure in compassion. There's sacrifice in compassion. If you don't believe it, ask the Good Samaritan. Ask Jesus. That was a picture of him. You got to go down into the ditch. You got to go where people are. You got to feel the pressure of intercession in the prayer closet. Say amen. When you're, when you're feeling how they hurt, when you care how much they hurt, that's compassion. It was a place of pressure in Gethsemane. And folks, a place of prayer hurts. A lot of people just want to pray, now I lay me down to sleep. They want an antidote for pressure. They just don't want any pressure. We're in a society today, this contemporary movement really disturbs me, where, you know, it's a feel-good religion. You know, if, it, if you feel good, do it. No, if it's in this book, do it. Say amen. 
Sometimes we've got to stand against sin. Sometimes it hurts to go soul winning. You've got other things. You'd like to sleep in on Saturday morning. You don't want to go on the bus route. I saw Brother Derek and Miss Faith coming in about 1.30 when I got home from uh, uh, Panda Express. And I said, well, praise God, they hadn't even ate yet. And here I am coming back from Panda Express. Orange chicken and rice, having a good time. Brother Rex come in with that big old bus. Bus captains, get off the bus by the time I get finished eating. And I said, I appreciate that. You might not appreciate that. You might not even think about it, but it takes, it takes sacrifice. It takes a few more hours to get here early and leave late, Brother Chris. But it's worth it to see one little old fella get saved. Amen. It's worth it to see mom and daddy get saved. It's worth it to have somebody preach to that's lost. Amen. Most churches, they just preach to each other. Church getting old, even getting gray or getting bald. Say amen. Thank God for these little kids running around here. Amen. They ain't got a mom and daddy to care. Somebody's got to be their mom and daddy. Somebody's got to weep some tears, Miss Rose, while you drive that old bus. Somebody's got to get involved in their life. Folks, compassion hurts. Compassion will cost you. Compassion is not cheap. We need to pay the price. And the Lord demonstrated compassion in closing. First of all, he, he demonstrated compassion to Judas. Some people, it's Calvinistic, say, well, they predestined, foreordained for the foundation of the world for old Judas to die and go to hell. There was no reason reaching him. But why did Jesus, in Matthew 26, verse 50, call him friend? Wherefore art thou come? He was reaching out to him. He was reaching out to him. Why did he say in John chapter 6, verse 70, he called him a devil, demon possessed? You know what he was doing? He was reaching out to him and saying, you're lost. You're lost. Best friend you'll ever have is somebody will tell you you're not saved because you go to church or you've been baptized, capsized, or simonized. There's so many people in Dalton that's been baptized so many times they got webbed feet and webbed hands, amen, frog men. Been baptized every church in town. Folks, the best friend you'll ever have is somebody who preaches, hey, you must be born again. Amen. And he said in John 6, 70, you're a devil. The devil's in you. The devil made you do it. He attempted to reach him when Jesus told his men that one of them would betray him, Mark chapter 14, verse 18. He attempted to reach him, John 13, 26, when he gave the sop, the bread, dipped it in the uh, juice, at the Passover meal, he was attempting to turn Judas from his evil plan. He loved Judas. Right. And so the next time you get prejudiced towards some lost person that acts like a lost person, because a lost person, that's the only thing they know, say amen. Right. Think about Jesus and his attitude towards Judas. And folks, the Lord does the same thing for you. Amen. amen. Folks, he'll give you opportunity after opportunity. He had you be born in America. Some people's never heard the gospel. Why are we sending all these 123 missionaries around the world? Because they've never heard the gospel. God loves you enough to have you show up on the job and some on-fire fanatic Christians on the machine right next to you rubbing elbows with you. Praise God, praising God. 
getting her arm cut off in the machine and still praising God and going to church and being faithful. Miss Hazel, hope you're watching. Every time you draw breath, God's saying, I love you. Every heartbeat, God's saying, I, I love you. Every blessing, every time you go through the valley and experience the grace to get through that valley, God is reaching out to you and saying with compassion, I want you, I love you. The Lord Jesus demonstrated compassion to Malchus. I'm so excited about Amy getting to hear again after losing her hearing in South Africa. But I want to tell you something, this man had a worse problem than that. His ear was laying on the ground because Peter was a bad shot. He tried to cut his head off, missed, and got his ear. I don't think he was shooting for the ear. Let me trim that out. No, I think he wanted to cut his head off. And I believe the Lord would have put his head back together. <laughs> Whoa, amen, praise God. And it's a good thing because I want to tell you something, Malchus was being reached out to God. I often think about Malchus. I wonder if he got saved. I wonder if he got saved. He, he felt the touch of God. He was so close to God, he could probably sense his, the heartbeat and love as he put his ear back on. Stopped the bleeding instantly. I wonder if old Malchus got saved. I don't know. The Lord demonstrated compassion not only towards Judas and towards Malchus, but he demonstrated passion to the, the, the soldiers. He said, I am. Soldiers fell on the ground. And I believe the reason they fell on the ground was God was trying to say, hey, listen, boys, you can go against me if you want to, but I'm God. If you'll believe on me, you can walk in newness of life. You can have a life abundant. You can go to heaven. I believe he was reaching out to him. Look at John 18, 4 through 5. John 18, 4 through 5, real quick. I know my time's up that I set on myself, but praise God, y'all can stay here a little bit longer. None of you have to get it to work unless you work in a store. But look at John 18, and look at verse 4 and 5. Don't you love the book of Mark? I love, I love them all, amen? Thank God. John 18, 4 and 5. The Bible says, let's go back to, it says, Jesus therefore knowing all things that should come to him went forth and said to them, Whom seek ye? In verse 5, Jesus said to them, I am he, and Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. You realize this? Jesus could have spoke one word and wiped them all out. But he said, I am he. In compassion, he said, I am he. I'm about to die for your sin, boys. Come with your swords, come with your stays, come with your... Clubs if you want to, but I'm going to tell you something, friend. I love you enough to go to the cross for you. Every lost person in the world is confronted by the greatness and glory of his compassion. Every breath, every heartbeat, every sunrise, every day is an expression of his grace and his compassion. Every blessing. The Lord Jesus demonstrated Compassion towards Peter and the rest of the disciples and towards the church. Because folks, I want to tell you something. When Peter cut that man's ear off, he's acting in the flesh. And he boasted he was ready to die for Jesus. And 
just a few hours ago. The Lord had compassion on Peter and the other disciples when he picked up that ear and put it back on. Stopped that flowing blood. Healed Malchus. I will tell you why. Because if he hadn't, those disciples would have been history. They might think they could take on 600, but there's no match for 600 soldiers, trained soldiers. They would have died. There'd been no Peter at Pentecost, and there'd been no disciples turning the world upside down, and there would be no church. And folks, I want to tell you something. Jesus had compassion on us when he picked that ear up and healed that ear. Praise God, he had compassion when he didn't uh, try to do his will, but God's will. And thank God, friend, we have the gospel today because of that wonderful night that he said, hey, I ain't going to let my boys get killed. They got a mission. And that mission is to take the world to a lost and dying world, take the gospel and give their lives as witnesses. And that the word means martyr. And folks, he, the key verse in our Mark study is he, he came to give his life a ransom for many. And he's fulfilling it that day. Now let me ask you a question in closing. Have you given him worship and praise and love for everything he endured for you that night? And then a few nights later, that day on the cross. How long has it been since you thanked him and praised him for who he is and what he's done? Or have you turned your back on him for the pleasures of the world. I believe this passage, if I don't preach with that for application, what good is it? A little Bible study here. I believe that this passage should move us to stand for God, to be faithful, but to adore and appreciate our Lord taking our place at Calvary and standing that night against all those soldiers and saying, I am he. He could have called 10,000 angels. It wouldn't have took that many. He could have had one angel show up and wiped them all out. He said, I am, and they was knocked down on their back, slain. Some people try to emulate on TV with slaying in the spirit. That's a joke. Folks, I want to tell you something. He did it for you. He deserves our loyalty. He deserves us to stand against the odds. He deserves our worship and our praise. Father, thank you for the message. I pray it's been a message and not just an outline. Thank you for that day you were arrested, that we'd never have to be arrested in hell spend eternity forsaken from all that's good and all that's holy and all the love of heaven. Thank you for taking a stand. And God, I pray that we'd take a stand. Not in our flesh. But God, we'd take a stand after much time in prayer. Filled with the Spirit. Filled with humility. Filled with honor and respect to Thee filled with compassion as you showed so much compassion on that 
night of infamy. Lord, thank you for that night. It'll go down in history as one of the greatest nights in the history of the world. Thank you for standing for us and being led away to a lonely place called Calvary.